cliffcentral.com I'm waiting for that moment Daddy King Kicking King King You've got so much chewing gum in your mouth that you can't actually speak. Yes. You know, this is what people have been missing, huh? Your singing. Your singing. <laughs> Prime Circle's got nothing on you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, look at that. Eh? Yeah. Okay, we thought we'd get into the show properly here, you know, since we've been out of studio, we've been pre-recording and recording out of studio, it seems like uh, C.S. Anguini has been doing his own thing in terms of music here, and uh, we get Ed cheering before our show, which is very disappointing, very, very disappointing, but uh, thankfully we're back in the studio! We're back, homie. We're What's back. happening? What's happening, brother? How you doing? On day one of, uh, of the rest of Zimbabwe's life, eh? <laughs> Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Are you Listen, not excited? I'm very excited. I was um, checking out a whole bunch of visuals from from Zim, and uh, and also, funny enough, from Yeovil last night. Wow, people really? were going ballistic. Mm. There was uh, a reported three million Zimbabweans in South Africa, mm-hmm. um, and if you can imagine that the population of Zimbabwe is only 12 million, that's a lot of people. Thirty percent, almost in South Africa. That's, yeah. So twenty-five percent, they might. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'm not an NBA guy. Sorry <laughs> about that. But uh, yeah. So lots of people celebrating and excited. I suppose there's lots of question marks still outstanding because uh, I suppose, as you say, it's day one of uh, Zimbabwe's new uh, growth, new life, and what does that entail? Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's, it's been quite interesting following the conversations around this entire issue. Um, but I mean, if you, if you closed your eyes or you were just, uh, absent from the world just for the past two weeks, you might have missed it all. I mean, this thing happened so quickly at some stage. You weren't sure if it was really happening, um, and what was going to be the end of it. Mm. Um, you know, on, uh, the most chilled on Sunday. Coup yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the non-coup, right? It was not even a coup. Um, and, um, by by the time Sunday came, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, I remember." I just like tuned in, like waiting for this historical mm, moment, mm, mm, mm. and uh, you know, went to bed extremely sad, extremely, extremely disappointed. Like you know, I can't believe this. Um, and then two days later, um, a letter, a non-event really, mm. um, and there he is. Uh, old Mugabe is gone, but uh, are the problems over? All right, and a lot of Zimbabweans are saying, "Look." Let us celebrate just for today and tomorrow mm. and maybe next we'll week. We'll have the hangover tomorrow. We'll, you know? Yeah, we'll have the ha- <laughs> we'll have the hangover tomorrow. So, so I think it's a it's it's a really it's a really interesting time interesting time to be alive, especially for those of us that weren't uh, uh, awake yet uh, when Nelson Mandela uh, was released from prison, when um, the Berlin Wall came down, mm, mm. Um, even 1994, when we didn't quite understand. Uh, what was going on and, and for this to be on our doorstep and mm. to watch our neighbors, literally our neighbors, um, you know, just being so excited. It is, yeah, it's an amazing, it's an amazing experience. How are you coming into this conversation? You seem underwhelmed. No, not underwhelmed. I think uh, I'm very excited. Um, <clears throat> I was, I was due to fly out to, to Zim on uh, Friday night. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. And that uh, unfortunately didn't happen because they started uh, blocking South Africans who apparently were journalists. And I'm not even a journalist. So, like, I don't know they why go- I would get they, blocked. They Googled you. They could just Google me. So, um, yeah, so that was unfortunate, but, um, I'll tell you my, my one thought is very exciting that this has happened finally. It's well overdue. Um, but very concerned at the same time as to the fact that Zanu PF are still in power. The fact that, uh, if you know anything about Emerson Mangangwa, uh, you Mm-mm. You see, you're seeing it like a Sutu man, which is right, but you're wrong. And we'll get our, we'll get Hopewell to tell us exactly the pronunciation, because it is a difficult surname. And Mnangagwa. Mnangagwa. Apparently they don't pronounce the N, apparently. I'm not sure. Anyway, Emerson, the guy. <laughs> he was the guy who jailed uh, a lot of journalists and opposition in, um, Mugabe's previous two elections. 
Um, so he was the big, big brains behind Morgan Svangarai's problems. Um, so this guy has, has definitely got blood in his, his hands. Um, and now he leads. Mm. So are we just changing the guard, but the same, same situation at the mm, back of it? Mm, mm. Is anything actually going to change? Um, and are Zimbabweans in the diaspora, are they going to go back? You yeah, know, um, yeah. I think that's, that's an exciting question. Well, it, let's, let's jump to it. Yep. Let, let, let's speak to somebody who's had his finger on the pulse, um, right from the time, um, this, this began. Um, um, he has been, he has been just very close to the action there. Filmmaker, uh, uh, documentary producer, award winning journalist, um, Hopewell Rogo Chinono. Um, Hopewell, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Good, Hopewell, how are you? I'm doing fine. I'm elected and anxious at the same time. I'm elected to see the back of Robert Sabe, who is becoming overcross to Zimbabwe. Uh, anxious about what the new man has in store for us in the country. Mm, it's a, it's a, it's it's one of the rare occasions where I ask somebody how they are, and I really mean it because uh, you know it's not every day you wake up um, the day after um, what feels like, I guess, uh, the first steps of freedom. Um, Hopal, that's how you're feeling. How how are Zimbabweans feeling this morning? Um, if you if you if you just get a a temperature check across the country and across the diaspora, uh, what are what are the what are the general feelings uh, around? Um, What's just happened? Um, it was amazing to see the scenes of last night uh, because nobody ever thought that they would use the word former president in reference to Robert Mugabe in their lifetime. Mm. Uh, Robert Mugabe made it uh, a point that he wanted to be the last president of this country. And so many generations uh, lost their future because of his rule, his tragic and broken rule. And... Uh, so everywhere around the country, everyone is happy. The amazing thing is, for the first time, Robert Mugabe's departure has galvanized um, Zimbabweans from all political forms mm. of life, from mm. ZANU-PF, his own political party, to MDC, and those who are not known to be political. They are all happy and elected. And uh, I'm sure it's time for those who are coming in to reflect as well uh, and not just celebrate about the... Money, they manage to get power. They need to think about what they're going to do with it. They need to think about how they're going to do things different uh, as opposed to what Robert Mugabe did. Yeah. Let's remember that what we have removed is an administrator, not an administration. The administration mm, is still mm, the same, mm, but the administrator is gone. So we're hoping that the guys who have remained uh, will realize that they need to change. Yeah, it's a, I, I want us to, to get into... Uh, the way forward later on in the conversation, but um, just jumping in because this is actually uh, a show that says, frankly speaking, what just happened in Zimbabwe. Um, so let's just let's just go back um, to the beginning, uh, Hopewell. Um, so I think it it would help those that haven't been that haven't been as close to the action to just understand uh, when did this start, what happened to 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 ensure that it starts, and who were the main characters in this entire thing? Because it really reads like a like a series or a, a thriller. So there there are a number of interesting characters that one needs to uh, be aware of, and as 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 we tell the story of how this how this unfolded. So can you take us back to? where this began, and who the main characters have been all throughout? Um, the, the central character in this whole Sicilian uh, drama, one way to say tragic drama, <laughs> is of course Robert Mugabe, who was the president <laughs> of Zimbabwe. Yeah. And uh, his wife, the first lady, Grace Mugabe, who, who, who made sure that Robert Mugabe fell, although that was not her uh, intention. Mm. And the incoming president, uh, Emerson Mnangagwa. Emerson Mnangagwa and Robert Mugabe had a relationship which spanned over 45 years. He had been by Robert Mugabe's side since 1977 at the ZANU-PF. He was chosen as Mugabe's personal assistant at the ZANU-PF Chimoy Congress in Mozambique when they were still fighting the U.S. Constitution. So he has been Mugabe's right-hand man. And um, over the years, over 50 years, he was referred to as the heir apparent. He called himself the son of God, the son of man, wow. the man being in Wow. So he believed all along that uh, 
this crown was for, 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 for him when his boss had left the stage. But um, Robert Mugabe had other ideas. Um, so he first got rid of um, the, the, the last vice president, Joyce Njuru, mm. to clear the way for her, to clear the way for, for, for his wife. And some of the things that he started doing were so erratic. For instance, the wife felt emasculated by Jason Juro because she had a PhD. Robert Mugabe made sure that his wife also got a PhD three months <laughs> from the University of Zimbabwe, uh, something that really made Zimbabwe angry. I hear that. Um, her, is, it, is it true that her, her research paper was on uh, orphans in Zimbabwe and when interviewed about it, she said the major finding of her research paper was that orphans do not have parents. Is that is that true? <laughs> I heard that from a Zimbabwean. <laughs> no, Rory, come on, Rory. No, 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 I'm checking. I'm genuinely checking because it was it was that bogus. Um, it, it is actually it is actually true. She's on the record saying that the research was an orphan. <laughs> the irony was that uh, the irony was that many of the orphans are as a result of her husband's actions or lack thereof. Mm. It is true. If you go and check uh, when she graduated, she actually put it on the record that she research she did was an orphan. But there was no research. Everyone knew that. Mm. And uh, I, I'm told by university professors that that will be addressed uh, either this week or next week. They are going to put it on the record that they did this under duress. Everybody knew about it, that, you know, she did not have a PhD. But in line with trying to set her up for the office, she had to have one. And, and that's what Robert and David did. And, and um, after that, we appointed Emerson Nangagwa. But for the first time, he removed the powers of his party to appoint the vice president. He amended the constitution, and, and the, the amendment meant that only him could remove or appoint a vice president. Was and this was this amendment that, endorsed by, by, by parliamentarians, or was that just a, a unilateral amendment that he did? No, all, all, with, with Robert Mugabe, all things are... Uh, Robert Mugabe was a very clever dictator in that he knew what the law required, so he would then go and make the law and then tell you that I've done this because that is what the new law says. Cheaper. Sounds um, like, sounds so, like so he was Zuma. very clever like that. Mm. But, but what then happened was, as he grew older, uh, the people around him and his health started to fail, the people around him started panicking uh, that he might die before he put the wife in power. So they started making erratic moves, uh, very terrible decisions. Um, they must have known something. Um, because Robert Mugabe is 93, he's been suffering from cancer for years. And uh, although this information is not made public, like in other countries where a president tells you what is going on with their life, um, people knew that the president was, his health was failing. And, um, I think the powder keg was when he fired the vice president. Mm. Uh, that's when the military realized that, look, this is now about to happen. Because he then called for an unnecessary uh, uh, congress, which, which he didn't need to have. And word went around that uh, this congress, that's when he was going to appoint his wife uh, vice president. And a week before the military intervened, the wife had said that she had the capabilities to be president, uh, she can be president, and she should be president if she's chosen to do so. So, Hopewell, uh, this is this is fascinating stuff, and I'm I'm so glad that you've joined us here. And if you've just joined us and listened to this, we're asking, frankly speaking, what just happened in Zimbabwe. Hopewell's been explaining um, <clears throat> the firing of um, of Emerson uh, Mangagua. Uh, Hope I'll just explain. We, on November fourteenth, we have tanks moving into the city of Harare, and that that effectively starts this uh, non-coup coup. Um, but I'm interested in the, the the days leading up to that. There was a lot of movement around some of the ministers and the and the defence force. Um, apparently, Emerson and some of his generals, I think, 
went to China. Is that, is that, uh, help me understand that whole connection as well? Because the Chinese have been very involved in Zimbabwe for, for, for quite a bit of time. It's quite funny when you go to, I don't know what they're going to call the, the airport now, the Robert Mugabe uh, International Airport, but there's signs in English and Mandarin, which I find fascinating. Um, but help me understand what is China's involvement in, 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 in this coup non coup? Um, you know, historically, uh, ZANU-PF uh, has been linked to China. Um, during our struggle with two major uh, military organizations, ZANLA, which was uh, an undoing of ZANU, and Vitra, which was an undoing of ZAPU. Uh, ZAPU, which was led by Jishuang Gomu, was supported by the Soviets, uh, and, and, and ZANU-PF was supported by China, uh, and it was armed by China. So that relationship is historical. So when we when we found diamonds in Marangi, uh, the Chinese are the ones who went in and were given concessions. But these concessions uh, were not only for the Chinese, but the Chinese were working with the military. So they had a very strong relationship. And um, one of the key players in pushing for Mnangagwa's president um, is a man called Christopher Mchangwa, who, who, who is the chairman of the War Veterans Association. He had been Zimbabwean ambassador for years in China. So the Chinese hand was very strong. But what then happened was two years ago, Robert Mugabe kicked out the Chinese from the diamond uh, mine and uh, he shut down the diamond mine. And um, he had other plans, obviously. And the Chinese were upset by this because they had invested, but they were just kicked out arbitrarily. And obviously, this would have galvanized them um, although it, it has been known for years that they wanted Robert Mugabe to go, but it would have galvanized them to say, look, this person is no longer serving our interests because every country is got interest. And, and, and that was one of the many reasons why the Chinese would have wanted Mugabe to go. But coming back to your question, you mentioned the issue of uh, Emerson going to, to, to China. What happened was uh, when, when Emerson was fired, Mugabe wanted to move in on him with a raft of, uh, of uh, investigations. One of the issues that Mugabe was raising was that, was raising was that uh, Nyangago was responsible for uh, $15 billion which went missing uh, when he was defense minister because it is the defense industry that were working in tandem with the Chinese at the Diamond Mine. And this also implicated uh, General Chiwenga, the man who then moved in. Um, so the story is that when Mnangagwa left the country, when he was worried uh, about his life and, and, and security of his, of, of, of his life, he went to China, and General Chiwenga also went to China. And uh, there are pictures which uh, show General Chiwenga with the head of the military, of the Chinese military, mm-hmm. that it's about two, one and a half weeks ago. So when General Chiwenga came back from China, that's when he made a statement complaining about what was happening in Zanu-PF because the military in Zimbabwe is linked to Zanu-PF historically because it is, it is made up of the freedom fighters. So they, they, they've got a set in Zanu-PF, although they are not supposed to say it publicly, but it has been known that every time when Zanu-PF's rule was threatened, the military came to its, uh, to its rescue. A uh, point in case is 2008 when Mugabe lost to Morgan Chandler. So we are right that the Chinese were, were involved. Um, but interestingly, the Chinese and the British found their interest uh, at, the same, at, at the same point because Emerson Mnangagwa has been pushed as well by the British. And um, all the ambassadors that I've spoken to from the Western side of the world were saying that this is a British baby, um, whatever British decides to do with it, we will support it. And the British ambassador in Zimbabwe, uh, Tatiana Ling, has been actively supporting both privately and, 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 um, and publicly um, the emergence of an Emerson Mnangagwa president. Hopeful. So, and then, so, after this happens um, and, and General Chiwenga comes back into the country, um, then we begin to see the army being mobilized. Um, was this not something that uh, Robert Mugabe uh, c- 
could have anticipated. It seemed to have caught even him by surprise. Um, what happened in those moments then when we began to see the tanks moving in? Um, it certainly sounds like this was very well orchestrated. Um, the guys knew exactly what they were doing. They knew what words to use. They knew which words not to use as triggers to get uh, Sadek and so on involved. Um, so this this wasn't something that just happened, uh, it sounds like, just overnight um, as the guys were getting nervous. So uh, what happened in those moments that then began to lead to the decision that said, right, we're now moving in uh, to State House? Yeah, what, what, uh, um, what, what maybe your listeners need to understand is that the coup, uh, we, 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 we already knew that at some point there might be a coup. This was planned. Uh, for, I think I knew uh, for over one and a half years, one and a half years ago, I, wow. I knew that there was going to be a coup of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, the plan had to change, though, because their original plan was that if there is chaos on the street, they will have to intervene as the military, take over, ask the president to step aside, then hand over to his vice president. That mm. has always been their plan, and we knew about it. And Robert Mugabe knew about it because he spoke about it in 2016 at the Zanopia Congress in Victoria Falls, that the military must stay out of politics. Uh, the generals are, are, are getting themselves involved in Zanopia's politics. But I think because of the arrogance of power, the, the, the idea that a coup cannot happen in Southern Africa and be endorsed by Sadat, um, it, 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 it was one of those things that Robert Mugabe and his wife kept saying, they, I think for the past uh, six months, they've been going around the country with what they call uh, uh, interface rallies with the youth. And they kept mentioning the fact that a coup can never happen in Zimbabwe, which means that Robert started knew um, the plans that were in place. But what he didn't realize was that the army had also done their homework. You see, the African Union uh, sketches said that a coup is something that takes place and is completed, and the power grid is completed. So the military realized that Sadat draws its rules from that section. Mm. So they put Mugabe under house arrest, but they did not remove him from office. So technically speaking, no coup happened in Zimbabwe. Because it was never, com- it was never completed. Mm. It was never completed, yes. So uh, um, technically speaking, no coup happened in Zimbabwe. That's why the, uh, the defense minister, the South African defense minister, was saying, if it's not a coup, then what is it? <laughs> because nobody could decide. Mm. So uh, if you've just joined us, welcome to the show. We're speaking to Hopal. Uh, uh, and um, please, if I have said your surname incorrectly, Rogoho Chinono. Is that correct? Um, it's, it's, you are not alone. Don't worry. It's Rogoho Chinono. Chinono. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm not like that. You see how Hopal's so nice to me. <laughs> we speak to Hopal about, uh, frankly speaking, what just happened in Zimbabwe, looking over the, the days and also asking questions to Hopal. He is a acclaimed journalist in Zimbabwe. He probably has a little bit of a hangover, but is joining us from uh, the capital Harare today to talk a little bit about this. Interestingly enough, Rory, one of the things that uh, listeners might not know is that Robert Mugabe, when independence came, was actually nominated for a Nobel Peace prize yeah. for the racial reconciliation that happened in uh, in Zimbabwe at the time very very fascinating i think one of the interesting things for me hope well in uh, the days leading up to uh, i suppose yesterday's moment was when uh, president robert mugabe ex president robert mugabe went on tv and uh, we saw that he was supposed to give an address and and uh, i i don't think uh, ZTV has seen such high uh, ratings in their lives before because everyone was trying to get a feed into Zimbabwe and to, to, to watch his speech. And uh, we saw something fascinating happening. Uh, Mugabe was going as he should have, 
on on target and then suddenly went completely off piece and uh, when you watch it slowly again you see uh, general chiwenga having to sheepishly put away the agreed upon speech and he was sitting right next to robert mugabe and robert put his own speech together and just went on his way what were the feelings like in zimbabwe at that moment like how did what happened effectively from your perspective and and post that what were the feelings of of the general zimbabwean population I think at that point, um, um, I, 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 I haven't spoken to General Wenger yet. I'm hoping to get that opportunity to actually hear the inside story of what, what, what actually happened. Um, but what I understand um, to have happened on Sunday was that they had been uh, arguing about the contents of the speech and I'm told that initially the president did not want to uh, show them uh, his speech. At that point, let's remember that he was still in president. He was refusing to go. And I think um, the, the generals decided, I think which was a very smart move on their part, to allow him to do what he wanted to do. But in that process, they were also selling a different narrative to the rest of the world to say, look, this man is even arguing, and we are not forcing him to do what we want. We know that we want him to go, but we are not going to force him. Zimbabweans were waiting for that moment, and they thought that was the opportunity for him to 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 tell the nation that he was now stepping down and allowing the transition to take place. But no, it was village Robert Mugabe in transition, refusing to bow down to any pressure and doing things his own way. And um, the generals allowed him to do so. This was, I think, a, a, a masterstroke on their part because. The rest of the Sadat community, uh, some of them were pushing uh, for the generals to break down. Because let's remember that this 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 school, because that's what it is. This school, what what it has done is to plant ideas in Africans that it can be done. That the the mantra that the the, the age of schools is over is not actually true. The military can intervene and do something. Uh, especially if it has the support of the people, like what the Zimbabwe Defense Forces had. They had the support of the people. They mobilized people to come onto the street. Um, and, and, but, but unfortunately, to Robert Mugabe, it didn't make any sense at that point in time. So he refused to step down. And uh, after that speech, everyone was angry. I mean, everyone was, the, the anger was palpable because he started telling us that it was the rain season, we needed to go and prepare our clothes and all that nonsense. And, and uh, he was actually saying he's going to preside over the Congress, uh, he's going to be at Congress in December, and that he was trying to fix things. And everyone was like, you know, this guy's been in power for 37 years. Mm. What can he fix today that he couldn't fix in 37 years? He's 93 years old. He's always sleeping. When, you, when, when there's a, a, a national function and he's supposed to preside over it, he's always sleeping. What can he do? Mm. So yes, there was a lot of anger on Sunday. But Hopewell, Hope, um, Hope, what do you think his game plan was? So, so we we have an idea of what the game plan for the military was. Um, but at that time, what do you think then he was trying to to do, or was he simply just trying to buy time? But towards what end? Um, and and where were his supporters? Because he was he was in power for a reason. Um, he had a lot of support. So where were all his supporters when all of this was happening? Um, uh, his game plan, Robert Mugabe has always thrived when he's playing the Machiavellian figure in politics. He, he has outmaneuvered all his enemies in the past. And, and, um, and, and that's why uh, he had to take the use of military threats for him to back down. Um, he was going to use the law because the law was on his side. Um, the military is not supposed to intervene according to our constitution. So he, he had the law on his side, but he had lost the support of the country. I mean, when those thousands came onto the street, that was a message not only to Sadat leaders to say, leave us alone, but it was also meant to be a message to Robert Mugabe to say, the game is up. Mm. Where were his supporters? You know, a lot of Mugabe, it is true that he had a social bank, but it was not as big as he presented it to the world. Robert Mugabe was losing election after election. And that was one of the things I'm sure that the generals were able to use in their negotiation to remind him 
that you were not actually winning the election. Mm. We put you there because it is the military that uh, put him back into power in 2008 after he lost. Morgan um, won about 74% of the vote. And that is stated inadvertently when he was shouting at, at some of the, his colleagues uh, the fact that they've not done enough during elections. Mm. So he had, he had a social base, but it was not as big as he presented it. And, but in, in any case, this was not a time for anyone who, support Robert, who supported Robert Mugabe to come out and say so because there were kangas in the street. Yeah. And the idea of having kangas on the street was to send a message that for anyone who supports this man, um, there is also the threat that anything can happen. That's why the military kept saying people should stay calm, they should stay at home, and they should not go onto the street unless they tell them to do so. Mm. So the supporters knew that the game was the game was up because if you lose the confidence of your uh, military generals, then who's going to support you? Who's, no going, to, who's going to enforce the law? And and, and where was uh, Grace in all of this? Um, there were rumors that she was in Namibia. Um, some said she was still in Zimbabwe. Where 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 was she now in, in all of this? She, she seems to be the one that's actually getting a lot of the blame um, she was expelled. Uh, Mugabe is given is given an elegant dismount, as it were. Um, but she is seen as uh, as the devil um, reincarnate in all of this. Where was she uh, while all of this was happening? Yeah. Before I answer that question, I'd like to address the issue of grace. Um, I've written extensively on that issue. Uh, my argument is being that grace um, was used by Robert Mugabe. <clears throat> Grace did not have the ability to understand how to play the system the way it was being played. It was Robert Mugabe and his advisors like Jonathan Moyo who were pushing this, who were playing this, this game. Grace was only put there because Robert Mugabe did not want Emerson Mnangagwa to succeed him. And to protect their interests, Robert Mugabe realized that he was going to put his wife, because this thing did not happen overnight. It started in 2018. It, and then 2014, the removal of the first uh, the, the, the previous vice president was and so this was well uh, choreographed. But it's always nice to have a delay, and that delay, you know, is great. But I see there's a nuance to what was happening. Uh, where was she? She was with Mugabe at, at their mansion. Uh, I know that there were stories that <clears throat> there are stories that came out when she was in Namibia. One of the I think uh, terrible things about this intervention was the lack of information, so people started creating information as they went back because they needed to fill the vacuum. Um, but she was with Robert Mugabe, and, uh, and 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 one of the things that I hear in central to the negotiations was the fact that Robert Mugabe did not want his wife prosecuted for anything, and I would assume that he got that confession. Hopal, I'm very interested in, in two major players in this space. Um, obviously, Emerson is one of them, and the other is Morgan Svangarai. Uh, let's talk about Emerson first, uh, just to understand a little bit more. Do you think that this is just a power play for him, that he was you know, a bit of sour grapes that he got kicked out, and now he's like taking his revenge, and he plans to continue the work that Robert Mugabe did, but just with his personal name on it instead of, instead of uh, Robert Mugabe's name? I think um, I think the context here is that many of the things that Emerson Mangago did in the past is, is that the, the, the thing that keeps coming up is the Gukura Wood Massacre because he was the state security minister at, 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 at that point in time yeah. in, the, in the 1980s. Yeah. But the man who was giving the orders and the man who was in charge was Robert Mugabe. And I find it um, a little bit weird because people seem to exonerate Mugabe um, and then accuse Achieve Emerson. But I think with the benefit of Clinton hindsight, um, he, he, would, um, he, would, he would realize that there's need for, for change. Personally, my attitude is that, you know, um, he, he was part of the administration of Robert Mugabe. He was, he was by, by, by his side when Robert Mugabe was doing those things. But I also think that in life, you can also learn from those mistakes. And um, the thing about Emerson is that he has had a, a, a good relationship with business over over the years. And um, he's a businessman. 
And, and, and that's what Zimbabwe needs, somebody who understands business, someone who's not driven by just politics, like what Mugabe did. Uh, that was, Mugabe, for, 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 the, for the 37 years he was in power, he was mainly consumed by the desire to retain power at any cost. And, and we don't need someone like that. And I think Emerson has got the advantage of coming in and be able to say, this is the past, and it was Robert Mugabe's past. Um, you need to treat me differently. I'm opening a new page. Treat me on the basis of how I behave. So and that... I, I've been talking to, to the people around him, and their plan is uh, to bring investment, not just from the, from the East, as Robert Mugabe had started doing, um, but they, they've been working for a long time with players in the West and... Uh, they, 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 they want to bring development, and Emerson Mnangagwa is 75 years old, uh, and he sees this is an opportunity to leave the leader for himself, because he, he has been part of the administration for 37 years, so he has money, they stole together, they did everything together. So for him, it's no longer about money, but it's about legacy. So if you if you if you're in the dark a little bit about what Hope was uh, alluding to, it was the Matabele Land massacres uh, in 1983 through to 1985, where 20,000 people were allegedly slaughtered, um, the Indebele minority by the army of uh, Southern Zimbabwe. It's uh, it's interesting that you're mentioning the fact that he was just taking orders. You know, Rory, bringing it back to a South African context, someone else also used to love saying that line, which was the Flak Plas commander, Eugene de Kock. He just said that he was following orders and that he was the full guy for all of this stuff. I mean, how much are we to be believed in that kind of, in that kind of concept? Because if we believe our friend uh, Emerson, then surely we should be believe Eugene as well. I mean, they they weren't the the leaders of the parties at the time. It was Mugabe and uh, and uh, FW and and friends uh, at the time in South Africa. But of course, they had a part to play. Uh, Hopeful, well, uh, obviously, uh, there's no doubt about that. They they, they had a part to play, and and uh, they they must be uh, and they must be a time. Um, I think within a period of three months' time, that Emerson Mangaba needs to address that. There's need for uh, a proper apology because Mugabe refused to apologize. He just said it was a moment of madness. And when he was pushed to apologize, he refused to do so. So I think there's an opportunity for Emerson Mnangagwa to actually go to Makebelele and apologize. And we must have some kind of uh, um, truth and reconciliation kind of thing like what you guys have been in South Africa, because people must be compensated. Yeah. That's the only way to then put closure to this whole thing, because it was resolved at party political level, where Robert Mugabe and Joshua Ngomo signed the unit deal, and with, 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 uh, which, which Joshua Ngomo had no choice but to sign, because Robert Mugabe had a gun on his head. Um, but I think it's important to, for the communities in Matibeleland to be... Um, to be, to be addressed, and for Emerson Mnangagwa himself as president to go and apologize and have conversations with those people and hear what they feel, and ultimately uh, to, to 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 give them some 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 kind of compensation, monetary compensation, yeah. because they lost uh, breadwinners. The people who died are known. It's not something that happened seventy years ago. So I think in order for our country to move forward. That has to be addressed, and that is in Emerson Mnangagwa's court. It's, it's, it's an interesting balancing act between uh, pragmatism of just like, let's keep things moving versus just the idealism of, you know, um, everyone that was responsible or had a hand in this uh, mm-hmm. has to has to hang. It, it really is interesting. Uh, Hopeful, you bring in the, the the element of tribal the tribal dynamics there, um, and I don't know anything at all about um, uh, what tribes are represented in which way. Um, is that a big thing? And um, is this a victory of one particular tribe, or is this seen as just a victory across the board? Um, and is tribalism um, a secondary or even a non-issue in this instance? I, I think um, in Zimbabwe, the tribal element is important and it's spoken about. Usually, it's, it's usually discussed when you're talking about the Shonas and the, the, the developers. The Shonas is, 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 a, the Shonas is a large group uh, of many tribes. 
that Robert Mugabe was the Zulu and, uh, and, and Emerson Mnangagwa is Karanga. So uh, one of the things that started coming up was the use of, uh, of, of hate languages, if one may call it that. For instance, there was a rally which was being addressed by Robert Mugabe's wife, Grace, where she danced to um, a, a song which, which, which they created at the rally, they went along, which basically said that the Zulus were unconquerable. Mm. And everyone in the country, including the Zulus, were opposed by it because they were using tribes to try and inflame uh, and, and, and get support from, from yeah. the Zulu tribe. D- divide and conquer. Um, mm. And, and em- Emerson is Karanga, and uh, as of now, he was surrounded by by Karanga children, uh, and, and I hope that will change, that he will bring uh, into his inner circle people from other tribes, you know, to to not go back and um, and not go back into the type of politics that Mugabe used to play. Um, tribe has been a big thing historically uh, in the political movement in, in, in Zimbabwe. Um, Herbert Stepo was chairman of ZANU-PF, was killed in a tribal fight in, in Zambia between the Karangas and the Bajikas. And that's how Robert Mugabe then took over the party. So it's not something that is well pronounced like it is in East Africa with the Kikris and the Lewis, but it's something that is discussed over dinner tables. Let's talk a little bit about the international community. Um, I, I saw a fantastic quote just to start it off from British Prime Minister Theresa May. Wow, what a what a woman! You know, in the midst of uh, Brexit, she has time to talk about Robert Mugabe and said Robert Mugabe's resignation gave Zimbabwe the chance to forge a new path free from oppression. Um, interesting how quickly we forget about British rule and colonialism in, in the state. But let's just talk about the international community. The what's been uh, what's been some of the the you know of course there's been huge embargoes on Zimbabwe because of um, the oppression of Robert Mugabe's government, but has there been any kind of uh, discussions already from the international community, the the Americas and Europe, about potentially releasing some of those embargoes, or or is it still is it still quite full on and and how have the international communities spoken about Zimbabwe and reacted to the news? Of uh, resignation of Robert Mugabe. Um, they, 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 I mean, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, like you mentioned, that in the midst of Brexit, Theresa May had time to come and talk about Zimbabwe, but naturally she had to do so because um, Zimbabwe is a former British colony, and it's a colony that Britain um, has never stopped caring about and thinking about and wanting to do something about because. Um, Unlike other places where the British colonized, Zimbabwe was actually home for them. It was not like white men is going into this country, is looting uh, things back to Britain. Zimbabwe was a home for them. That's why um, if you look across the board, if you remove South Africa, we were advanced um, in terms of uh, what was going on mm. in Africa. We were a small country, but we were very much advanced because the white man made his home, and, and, and that worked in our favor. And um, Britain is really, for them, the key is, is their victory, because the ambassador, as I say, has been working seriously behind the scenes to try and support Emerson in Nangagwa and to make sure that he succeeds. So, in a way, uh, this is an opportunity for them to come back, um, because everyone is pleased with Robert Mugabe. Mm. And this is a first favor for the Western world because now they can easily say, oh, well, he's gone, so that's why we're coming back. I've been speaking to Western ambassadors, and they're all saying the same thing, that, look, this guy was a problem, he's gone. And they forget that it was a system. But, okay, it works in our favor. If they're going to come back and invest, and, and the president, the new president, uh, Emerson Mangawa, can deliver, then, you know, it, it works well for everyone. Yeah, it's, but it's, yes, it's, the West want to come in and they don't want it to become a Chinese game. It's, it's because again, they realize that China had, had their hand in what happened. Yeah. And uh, 
China does not just invest in something without getting something in return. But China isn't going to 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 take this lying down. I mean, they've got they've got money that 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 is that is sitting there that they need to to realize the return on. So, what does this then happen? Is uh, is this uh, is this an arms race now, um, or at least it's just a race, a power grab? Uh, by the by, the foreign powers. Um, I mean, the the irony of Theresa May saying that uh, Britain is Zimbabwe's oldest friend, um, <laughs> and, and, and and the irony around that. And of nice course, friend. and the nice Chinese, friend. the Chinese might say, but we were the friend uh, when you when you were persecuting Zimbabweans. Um, what, what what do you think is going to happen, and how are all these powers going to, or the foreign powers going to negotiate their positions um, within the the next the next phase of Zim's? Uh, life? I think, you know, there's a peace for, for, for everyone. Zimbabwe is endowed with, uh, with uh, so many um, resources. And, and uh, I'll give you a good example. The biggest mining company in this country is South Africa. Uh, so it, it, it won't just be the Chinese and, um, and, 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 and the British or, or the Western mm. countries. Um, even South Africa is, is looking at what's happening. And <laughs> Good, that's, 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 that is a lovely point. Wow, that, point the finger at us like you're busy point. pointing at China. This, what about you? But it's mm. funny because we never think of South Africans as the oppressor or the the big the big mover. But you know, in fact, a lot of South African companies have major interests in in Zimbabwe. Mm. I, I think for South Africa, um, the fall of Robert Mugabe. Um, uh, in, in terms of uh, progressive thinking, um, it's a good thing for South Africa. But in terms of business, it's a bad thing. Because you guys have turned our country into a giant supermarket. I mean, you, you walk into any supermarket. Mm. There's nothing in Zimbabwe because nothing is being produced. Everything is coming from South Africa. Yeah. The extent that you can pay to come and set up shopping in Zimbabwe. So... Um, once the economy starts working and we start producing, uh, you will see less of South African goods coming into Zimbabwe um, because we will now be able to produce our own things. I mean, we it has gotten to an extent where uh, cooking oil is coming from South Africa, soap is coming from South Africa, mm. uh, you know, baby powder is coming from South Africa. There is nothing that you can get in Zimbabwe that is not South Africa. And this is the country so, that was known so as the. This is the country that was known as like the basket of the, Africa, the bread, the the bread, bread basket. basket of Africa, right? Yeah, it became a basket thing. <laughs> Hope well. Uh, moving forward, do you think uh, you know how will South Africa be perceived? Um, will it be perceived as a friend or or an enemy uh, moving forward? Because I mean, uh, we 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 are responsible through President Thabombeki, uh for a lot of of what's happened, particularly um, turning a blind eye through quiet diplomacy to 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 the election grab that happened. Um, when things were supposed to to be turned around, so um, will will South Africa be perceived as a as an enemy or friend? It was there was certainly a lot of strong sentiment about South Africa and SADC staying out of it uh, throughout this whole process. I, I think the person who comes out of this smelling of roses is uh, uh, President Ian Sereke Kama. Because he, he has been consistent, consistent uh, yeah. with the message that Robert Mugabe must go. And, and, and c- coming to South Africa, I think at government level, uh, the relationships are going to be cordial. Um, but, but I think in terms of people to people, Zimbabwean uh, people are angry not with South Africans, but with the South African administration, um, especially with Tabombeki, because Tabombeki. Um, was responsible or partly responsible for um, Robert Mugabe to carry on because, for instance, in 2008, Mugabe lost an election. He, he started butchering people using the army. And when Tabombeki came to Zimbabwe, he said there was no crisis. So Zimbabwe has even forgotten about that, even as this, um, as this military intervention was taking place. Zimbabwe has kept on saying South Africa must stay out of our staff because they are the ones who caused this mess. And this has been because there were certain statements being made at that level and, and because uh, uh, Zuma was, was, was uh, sending invoices to Zimbabwe. 
and he was supposed to come in today, and a lot of Zimbabweans were writing on social media that we must stay away from our crisis. This is our situation. We said that we should fix our own problems. Mm-hmm. We are now fixing mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. We have no business coming here. Yeah. So I think I think Zimbabweans don't like the South African government that they are cognizant of the fact that this is not about a people's people, but it's about you know uh, a, a government. And I think Emerson Nangaba is a very pragmatic man. Uh, I know a lot of the people around him, they could use investments in South Africa. So they would not want a relationship that is tainted by what happened in the past. Hmm. I think they'll be looking at working with a new uh, South African administration post-2019 when Zuma is gone. And especially yeah, we, we, hope, we, we, we hope he goes at the end of the year. <laughs> Um, I, I hope your general is listening. <laughs> that was funny. We, we posted a picture of the general of South Africa. We're like, where are you right now? And where are you? Hope as we begin to wrap this up, I just want to know what what now for Zimbabwe, the country of Zimbabwe, and, and what's the process from here? I think I think um, when I was watching everything that was taking place yesterday. My mind was in the future, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I hope all these kids who are jumping up and down in the streets uh, will not have their dreams extinguished again. Um, because now they have this desire uh, to see change. Um, they, they are saying that if there is an election, it must be free and fair. And because they have tested, uh, uh, you know, metaphorically, they've tested blood and it's sweet. So they want more, and 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 I think Emerson has got a a, a, a huge file on his table when 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 he's um, when he's made president today that he needs to attend to. The first thing is the economy. That has always been the issue with the bubble. The economy is the first thing that he needs to address. He needs to create jobs. He needs to get rid of all those silly uh, uh, laws that were put in place by Mugabe like uh, black empowerment, it, it, it was not black empowerment. It was empowerment of those who were close to Robert Mugabe. Mm. Because each time there was an opportunity to for black people to be empowered, it was the same black, the same people, black people. people who were close to Robert Mugabe that yeah. got empowered. Hope and well. So he needs to get rid of that to attract foreign direct investment. Yeah. And of course, there is a need for black empowerment, but it is done properly everyone will be happy. Yeah, hopeful. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, man, and uh, there's so much more to be said, and uh, I think we might we might have to call on you again just to have a deep dive into what the future looks like. But really, thank you so much. We know that you're very busy right now. There are a lot of stories to be told right now about this moment in Zimbabwe's history, and we really appreciate you taking the time out to give us a bit of insight about what's been going on. Um, uh, good luck out there, and we know you're going to play quite an important role in the rebuild of Zimbabwe. Thank you very much. All right. So, Andrew, that's it. Uh, Frankly speaking, what just happened in Zimbabwe? What just happened to that hour? There's so many more questions that we need to answer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, thanks to Hopeful for for giving us some insight. Mm. Let's get out of here. What are you playing there? Uh, We're playing uh, some good uh, Zimbabwean music from uh, Radio Zimbabwe. uh, Simon Chimbetu. Samatenga. Yes, uh, have yourself a lovely day. And if you missed any of it, check it out. Eclipsedger.com forward slash frankly speaking. Ciao, ciao.